Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. In your ear, it is a really, hey Gloria, it is a really, really, really good podcast for you to listen to. Well, good morning and welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha Johnson. I am, oh, knocking over my mic. I am your hostess this morning, your hostess with the mostest. Uh, We are YouTube Live, Instagram Live, as well as Facebook Live this morning. And I just want to take out time to welcome you. Uh, We, You know, we have been studying on um, Kingdom Order for Family, uh, biblical perspective of what family looks like. Uh, Today, we're going to finish up uh, him, the king, the man of the house, and talk about his role. And then we're going to transition into kingdom children and what that looks like. Um, and I might have a little bit of a special guest tomorrow. So thank you for uh, being here with me this morning. Do me a favor, go share the video live, go put it in someone's hand, invite them to the YouTube channel, the Facebook channel, Instagram channel, put them somewhere this morning. Y'all don't forget this morning we have Real Talk with LMJ at 12 noon. My guest today is Brenda Hill and we're going to talk about the Family Development Center and they have a special program for teen moms and dads and helping them succeed and become successful in every way. I'm going to talk about how you can support and be involved. Don't forget, for those of you that's been sending in um, donations for the family for Christmas, thank you so, so, so much. Um, Continue to send in your donations. Continue to support the ministry so we can support this family. We ain't got a big budget yet, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And our goal is just to be a resource to our community and to those in need. So thank you for those of you who have been sowing seeds. Thank you for the new, the new, those of you that are new and been becoming partners of this ministry. Man, it means everything. And p- partnership helps us get resources and spread the gospel. Absolutely everywhere growth is necessary. So let's pray for today. Um, Let's pray for wisdom and biblical understanding today that God give us insight and hindsight and uh, putting us in the position so that we can grow more in the word. If you are not growing daily in the word and you are stagnant, then that seed isn't being planted in you properly. If you're not growing, you should never be stagnant in the word. You should never reach a point where you're in the word and you're like, I've already got that. I've already accomplished that. I've already had that. If you're in a position or a place where you have grown stagnant or you feel like you've reached all you're supposed to reach in the word, then we there's, first of all, there's some humility that needs to occur, but also something has to get in place so that you, um, um, your heart becomes fertile and that way you're able to grow. I'm constantly, as I'm eating, I'm constantly growing in the word. I'm constantly growing the word. The more I eat the word, the more God shows me more about myself, those areas that look less like Christ. So this morning, just believe God um, to show you um, the things about yourself. One of the things I confess over myself is, um, Lord, show me any area in my life that does not look like you 
Do not let me be deceived so that I can be all that you would have me to be that I can be all that you would have me to be. So Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Father God, for teaching us kingdom business, kingdom executive order for the family. We thank you, Father God, for all that you've called us to be, all that you've um, positioned, the positions you gave us. We thank you, Father God, for your overwhelming best for us, like your best, that you overwhelm us with your best, that you give us clarity, vision, wisdom, and insight for every area of our life. We thank you, Father God, for just who you are to this world, what you've become to us. We cast aside pride, sin. We lay aside every way, anything that easily deceives us or besets us and keeps us from walking into the more of you. Now, Holy Ghost, continue to do the work on inside of us. Open our spiritual eyes so that we're able to hear, hear clearly, hear clearly and walk in what God has called us to be. Let a fresh anointing fall on us, breaking up any fallow ground, breaking up any hardened spots. We thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing and all you called us to be in Jesus name. Amen. So um, I wrote a devotional today. I'm going to send that devotional out in a minute. It's called Let Love Lead the Way. Please, if you're not subscribed to the website, go get subscribed to the website so that um, you can get this devotional. It's so powerful. Um, it was it, it was a revelation. You know how I'm transparent. I was in the car having a single mom moment and God just gave me great perspective. And this morning he woke me up and in my spirit, he just kept saying, Lakeisha, is just let love lead the way and everything that you're doing, let love lead the way. He showed me some things in which I was a little bit prideful the, the first day. He took me to first Corinthians 13, four and eight. And he was like, look, just let love lead the way. You ain't got to be puffed up. You ain't got to. You ain't got to be in defense. You ain't got to do that. Just let love lead the way. And so what we're seeing here, and I told you that this biblical perspective for family is just um, us leave, living out the live enactment of the relationship between God and church. That's what marriage exemplifies. But think about this. If you've had the wrong image of marriage or the wrong image of what it's supposed to be a husband or the wrong image of what it's supposed to be a wife, then your decision or how you respond to marriage, how you respond to being a wife, how you respond to being a husband is going to be really perverted. If you didn't have a good example of what a wife or what a husband looks like, then your response to your environment, how you do things, it's going to be perverse. It's going to be perverted. And a lot of times we don't go back and do the back history on someone, why they make a decision, why they act the way that we act. We just assume that they are, um, they are not, um, doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Well, it's not that they're not doing exactly what they're supposed to do. It's that we probably, that well, they, they are, but we probably haven't done the backstory or gotten the history on the person, or we're not doing the backstory and getting the history on ourselves. And so people respond to situations, to crisis, to circumstances, to relationships based on what they have been taught. I say this, I will say this again. Someone can only give you what they have the capacity for. If it is not in them, they can't give you. If they can't conceive it, if they can't understand it, 
Someone can only give you what they have the capacity for. If they don't have the capacity for it, they can't give it to you. And a lot of times we have an expectation of what we want or what this should look like. And if it's not in a person, it's going to be very difficult for them to give you something that's not inside them. That's that's not inside them. If it, if, if they didn't learn proper love, if they didn't learn, it's going to be very difficult for someone to give you what they don't have. I only have I can only give you what I have the capacity to give you. I can only give you that. I can only give you what's inside me. I can only give you what I've been groomed in. I can only give you uh, what I've been taught. I've, I can only give you what I've been learned. And if the word hasn't been the structure for how I'm supposed to treat my wife or the structure for how I'm supposed to treat my husband or the structure, if the word hasn't been the source, right? If the word hasn't been the source, then I'm only going to give you what I've been exemplified, right? I'm only going to give you what 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 I've what I've been shown whether it's good or whether it's bad. I'm only going to give you that to which I have been exposed. And so we get frustrated with people and we want them to produce things that are not in them and will because I said it, or I said it, you know, I told you what I needed. That's fine. You told me what you needed, but if I don't have the capacity Come on now, let's keep it real. If I don't have the capacity for what you're asking me for, if I can have that, I don't have the capacity for what I asked you for, then then what? That's why it says tells you to trust in the Lord. Tell you to trust in people. Said trust trust in the Lord with all your heart. If the Lord told you that this is somebody that you're supposed to be married to, if you know this is supposed to be married to, then the trust becomes that the Lord's word is is the truth. The Lord's word is the truth. The Lord's word is the guarantee. So you're going to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him. I'm going to acknowledge him in my marriage. I'm going to acknowledge him in raising my kids. I'm going to acknowledge him in being a wife. I'm going to do absolutely all of that. And that's what's going to set the tone for everything. And then that way, when I'm reading scriptures like Ephesians 5, 25 through 31, I can receive that into fertile soil. Why? Because I'm trusting the Lord. See, if we trust man or woman and we put our trust and put that person above God, then when they fail us, we're going to think the word failed us failed us. But the word didn't fail you. The word doesn't fail you. The word is the word. The word is the word. The word is the word. What has probably happened here is you have put more trust in that person and less trust in the word. So we're, we're on this Ephesians 5, 25 and 31. We're wrapping up the husband today. We're going to transition to the children tomorrow. Um, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present to her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Let's pause right there. That goes back to what I just said. If he don't love his own body, it's going to be difficult for him to love you. I just let's keep it real. If he doesn't love his own body, if he doesn't doesn't have self-love, if he doesn't hasn't done the work on himself, he's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult for you. And for my single sisters, what we do and make some bad habits of is 
we'll find someone who doesn't really have a whole lot of love for herself. And we think we can coach and mentor them into love, not back up and allow the Lord to do the work. So he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but that, but, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two shall become one. So yesterday we talked about source, him being the source. Today we're going to talk about the role in depth and what that means. And one of the very first things is leadership, provision and protection. If if we're going to look at how, what is the, what the Bible, him loving Christ, loving her or loving his wife like Christ loved the church. Then we're going to see leadership, we're going to see provision, and we're going to see protection. Those are the things we're going to see. Um, leadership simply means influence, not to rule over, exemplify, not to demand, and to lead the family in biblical teaching and wisdom. If, again, God is the source, then his leadership will mimic what, right, or will be patterned after what's in the word. He's not going to be harsh. He's not going to be hateful. He's going to build her up. He's going to esteem her. He doesn't take submission as a chance or an opportunity to lord over her. You're not going to catch him cussing her out. You're going to see you're going to see him lead her. And it's because the two have become one, he's going to lead her and as he's leading her, he's leading her from a place that Christ says he's going to influence her. He's going to exemplify. He's going to bring glory to God. He's going to have attributes of God in dealing, in loving, in leading, in being with his family. God is a good, good God. God isn't this disciplinary, stern, overwhelming, consumed, not paying attention to, don't have time for his family. That is not who God is. And that's why it's like, no, it's as Christ loved the church. So a, a, a husband that is biblically strong or based in the word, the fruit of it is going to be evidence in his leadership. She's still going to have a voice. She's still going to be able to talk. There's still going to be able to discuss some things. And I told you guys when I was married, um, one of the rules in our house was if we couldn't come to the decision, this was the rule we came up with. If we couldn't come to the decision, then at the end of the day, my husband, we called it the executive decision. My husband was to make the executive decision for the household. He was the one to make the last and final decision. And because I trusted the God in him, hear what I'm saying? Because I trusted the God in him, because I trusted the God in him, then I had to trust that he was going to make the very best decision for a house. Does it mean that it was always perfect? Does it mean it was always right? No, we had some crazy situations occur, but I watched God um, bless us. And I, okay, Holy Spirit, let me, I'm going to give you an example. My husband thought that we needed to move to Dallas um, and it didn't necessarily agree with my spirit. It didn't necessarily agree with my spirit. And he felt the Lord leading us to move to Texas. At that time, his liver was already in failure and he just felt like we were supposed to move to Texas. And I, it did my, it would not settle with my spirit. But instead of me saying to him, this ain't right. The Lord ain't said that yada, yada, yada. Um, I went into prayer 
I asked God to give me wise words for my mouth because I was teaching full time and a large portion of um, I was just I, I had my own little thing going on. That's that's all you need to know. And so um, he says, no, we're supposed to move to Dallas. Boom, boom, boom. I was teaching at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. We were coming to the end of the semester. And so I simply said to him, I said, what is it you want me to do? And he said to me, he said, I, I want you to go ahead and give your resignation. And we're moving to Dallas this summer. So. I gave my resignation and um, we packed our house up. And but the whole time, my spirit was just like, man, I don't necessarily agree with this. But he kept saying he was sure um, in this series, a series of things occurred that did not allow us to move to Dallas. As a matter of fact, he started getting more and more sick. He was getting more and more sick. And what the Lord showed me in this was, and I and I had left my job and uh, was only working like a few hours or a part-time couple classes. But can I share something with you? Because I submitted to his leadership, because I didn't complain, because I didn't make him feel bad about the decision. Even when I knew I had to unpack this house and get things back into position, because I submitted to his leadership, we did not miss a beat. Like the Lord provided for our household and he showed me later. He said, the reason this went so well, Lakeisha, the reason this went so well was because of your attitude towards this whole circumstance and situation. And so even though he had us pack up our house, I never, ever, ever made him feel bad about making a decision that didn't seem right at the time. And I'm going to be honest, that was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm not, not going to take credit. I'm going to be honest with you. That was the Holy Spirit. That was me having grown in the word. That was me having studied what the Bible says my response to him should be as a wife. But I also knew that he thought he was doing and making the very best decision for our family. And my response to him changed and brought favor to the situation where we were never with lack. We were never, we were never without. And the Lord told me, he said, and I and the, and the beauty of it is, is when we decided not to move, I emailed my boss and said, we're staying. He's not well. And I was able to go right back and get my job back. Like I was able to go right back and get my job back. And it was like we were in a constant flow and never without. But it was the, the, the trust for God, for the leadership, the trust that God told me this was the man that I was supposed to marry. And if God told me this was the man that I was supposed to marry, then I had to trust God's leadership for this thing. And that even if he was out of order, that was between him and God. That wasn't between me and him. That wasn't between me and him. And attitude determines everything. And attitude is what made this thing be a whole lot better. And so that that is part of the process that's the leadership that's that's the that's what they exhibit and so for my ladies they may not always get it right they are, may not always make the best decision but if you're going to yield and submit if you're going to be the wife that you're supposed to be you just kind of yield and submit you can you can express yourself it doesn't mean a husband should allow you to express yourself but if he feels like nope this is it this is what the lord shows me then you have to get in position and trust the lord for the situation you have to say okay lord um i i this ain't what i'm hearing or this ain't what i'm picking up you you talk to him you deal with him and he stayed consistent and he stayed consistent and we didn't leave and so by the end of the summer 
Uh, no, for a year. This We lived like this for a year. It wasn't in the summer. I'm sorry. We lived like this for a full year, right? A full year. And then by the time the full year ended, I was able to transition back to work. God opened up some doors for us and he needed to stay anyway because he needed another level of care. So that leadership is important. Um, so influence, biblical teaching, John 3 and 30 said, he must become greater. I must become less. A biblical husband understands that, that he becomes less and God becomes greater in his life. God becomes greater in his life. Matthew 7 and 12. So and everything do, do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law. And anytime you're dealing with someone, I, I even ask my boys that I say to them when they are arguing or fighting or, or one of them is doing something to the other. I'm like, is this what you want somebody to do to you? Right. And that and that goes for the rule for a husband. Is this how you want your wife to treat you or is this how you would want someone to treat you? No, you wouldn't. And so the example becomes do to others what you would have them do to you. The next part of this also in this leadership or in this thing for husbands is provision and protection, provision and protection. And so we're looking for our husbands to be able to provide for us. Now, let me tell you something. I don't need an woman. I told you I'm Southern. I don't need an woman going to um, going into a circumstance or a situation saying, see, LMJ told me you're supposed to pay all the bills. You're supposed to provide for me. You're supposed to won't, won't, won't. No, y'all need to figure this system out that works best for your household. But yes, your husband is supposed to provide for your household as Christ is the source. He's not the source, right? God is the source. So it's not our as women, we're not supposed to put the pressure on them. But yes, you're as a husband, you're, you're supposed to provide for your household. First Timothy 5 and 8 says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith, and it is worse than an unbeliever. It is worse than an unbeliever. So he is supposed to provide for the household, and we're looking for a husband to provide. Um uh, and not deny and provide doesn't mean I'm just going to pay your bills and you don't get nothing else. Like you got to understand that when you're taking on the responsibility of, I want a family, I want to be a wife, I want to get married. Um, and you guys got to have clear conversations about what this looks like, um, from a perspective of how we make our marriage successful, right? How we make our marriage successful. Um, are we both going to work? If we're both going to work, if she's called into purpose, what responsibilities for bills does she have in the house? Some men are like, baby, I don't want you to pay anything, take care of groceries, take care of kids. There's got to be clear lines of communications of what your responsibility is to the house. Uh, I mean, I mean, and women at saying, am I responsible for paying bills? What am I responsible for? Hey, you take care of the household and I'll take care of everything else. But you got to have those conversations clear. That's why I always say people need a little, a couple of counseling sessions before they get married so that they understand the depth of what's going on in here. So provision, leadership, and as protector as well, as protector as well, we're looking for our husbands to protect. First Peter 3 and 7 says, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. We're looking for you to protect us 
at all costs. The Lord did make us the weaker vessel. Women, that is not a shy head. That doesn't mean you're not strong, but because we were made the weaker vessel. Our husbands are supposed to be in protection of our household, being able to protect us, keep us from harm. Um, and my household protection looks a little different. Even my 14-year-old, um, with him being single, he makes sure the door is locked every night. It's really cute. He makes sure the alarm. They're always concerned about my well-being. And so they're being groomed in this thing of being protector. When God gives a man one of his daughters, you have to hear me on this. When God gives a man one of his daughters, it um, he desires this man to care for her. And so you got to consider this in taking on a wife. You've got to consider this when you decide to be a husband. I got to be provider. I got to be protector, right? I need to be in leadership. And then I also have to be her companion. I have to be her companion. We can, it cannot just be all work and no play. I cannot be in a position where I'm not. It says 25 through 33. It tells us to love him as Christ gave her church. Christ was Christ is our companion. Christ is with us daily. Christ is with us all the time. So you got to learn her love language. You're going to have to learn how she expresses herself. You're going to probably have to listen to some conversations that don't make um, sense to you. You're going to have to be involved with her. You're going to have to know her interests. You're going to have to ask her questions. You're going to have to figure out Christ served. You're going to have to figure out how to serve her. What is it she needs? What can I do to position my wife to be absolutely the best thing that she needs to be? Not force it upon her, not try to coerce her, not put her into a situation, but at being companion. God created men and women with natural, physical, and emotional differences. Usually where one person is weak, the other person is strong, but there's also needs through physical and emotional intimacy. First um, Corinthians 7, 2 and 5 says, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to the own wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. This is the scripture now. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. When the needs of a spouse are not properly met, through healthy companionship, through healthy companionship, y'all know my whole philosophy, there's a hole in the fence. So either your dog gets out or a stray dog gets in. And so it's not just enough because sometimes we'll meet men and they're provider, right? They're provider, um, they're protective, and then companionship is where they're lacking. And as men, they've got to be the companionship as well. They've got to be become in tuned in. They've got to learn to develop a team so that the family was to could grow. Um, God had a plan for every household to operate under a specific role and in a special and specific place. Mm -hmm. And everybody plays their position. If everybody gets in their role, if everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do, then you'll see the you'll see God evolve in the household and then the gaps, the lacks, 
all that stuff that we're missing changes. So the husband should be caring. He should be gentle. He should be graceful for his love, for his wife, for his household. Sin distorted this, making, making it making men think that being sensitive to his wife was being punk. I ain't being a punk. It's not about being a punk. It's not about being a punk. It's not about being less than. It's about being in position, being sensitive enough for your wife, understanding your wife, understanding the design of your wife, understanding how your wife is built, um, her loves, her things. Like I love books, you know, and I'm not giving all y'all my secret, but like I love books. So you're going to get my attention or it's going to say a lot to me if you buy me a book. Paying attention to what, what, what your wife's desires is and not trying to modify, change, or make her fit anything. You should have knew who she was before she married. And people evolve and people change. But don't ever marry someone predicated on the, on the fact that you think you can change them, evolve, or make them into what you want to be. And you don't get into any relationship. This is male, woman, or man in a situation in which you find someone trying to modify you or make you become something to fit them, to fit them. We're not doing anything to fit anybody. This that you get from me is what you get from me. What you're seeing, what you're involved with, what you're going to experience, here she is. Can I improve? Yep. But it is not your job to improve me. It is God's job to improve me. It's not on you. It's on God to improve me. And so we have to accept this. That's why you got to slow down, pay attention, figure out who it is you're getting involved with, figure out who it is you're about to marry if you're not married. And then once you're married, you're in this and it's the same situation. You don't get to modify the person after the marriage to fit you. You get to get in the position to pray. You get to play your position and pay, play your role. If you're in position, you're playing your role. You're doing what you're supposed to do. The word will correct that person. The Holy Spirit will do the work in them and they'll begin to modify and change themselves. So that's a better explanation of what it, what it looks like when it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And then my last scripture that I want to say, this is so important. It says, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two, two are united into one. I don't care how good your mama was. I don't care how good your parents are. I don't care how boss your dad was. When you leave and you cleave and you're united as one, this becomes your marriage. And everybody else God has to get out the way. Your mother doesn't come before your wife. Your children, and for those of you that are coming into blended family situations, your children don't become before your spouse. There is an order to this, and the order to this is for a reason. The order to this is for a reason. So you have to know that, and you have to understand that. You have to unite, and you have to be strong letting no outside influences be in your household so that your household can succeed, thrive, and do well. God has direct order and mandate for your household. Your household may not look like anyone else's household. Accepting outside advice doesn't mean you don't esteem, you don't honor your mom, you whatever else. Joe, your mom don't come before your wife. You love your mom, you build them two separate relationships. Because I'm going to tell you something, your mom can't do what your wife can do. 
I, and I shouldn't have to explain that to anybody. Yo, there's some stuff your mom, there's some stuff that yo that your mama can't do that your wife needs to be able to do for you. Just that's just period. There are some places your mom wasn't created to stroke. And if there's any mom that tries to be in that position in her son's life, it's unhealthy. We were not created to be. I'm, I've raised, I'm raising five sons. My oldest son is 26. I always tell people I'm a 26 year vet in the game. My role in their life, my role in their life is not to take them over. My role in their life is not to be everything to my sons. That is not my role in my life. There are some specific things in parenting I need to do. And then as they get older, I become a guiding force for them. But my role is not to take over their life and be everything to them. God needs to be everything to them. And sometimes as parents, we get out of order as well. We try to become everything. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of days. Kingdom children. We try to become everything we need to be to our kids. And it's out of balance and it's out of order. And we're creating and perpetuating cycles. And we're not raising kids to be dependent on the Lord. We're raising kids to be dependent upon ourselves. And then when it flops or fails later, we are frustrated. And we're like, I don't know why you're not. And the reason they're not is because we're not. And we created these circumstances of this situation. We were over heavenly involved in their business as adults. When my son got married at 19, I stayed out of his wife's marriage because I knew I didn't want nobody in mine. I stayed out. The only time I got involved is when they brought me into something. My only position was to pray and for my, my husband and I to lead them by example. Well, that is it for today. We are done with coffee and conversations. Y'all do me a favor. Log on to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Get subscribed so you can get all our announcements, our updates. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can get all the back videos, coffee and conversations with Lakeisha also podcast anchor.fm. Don't forget you can sew um lakeishamjohnson.com backslash sold hash dash give. You can also give via cash app um just being LMJ. Uh, we are here for you. We love to pray for you. Please send in your prayer request so that we can pray for you. Um, so, so like, so we can pray for you so we can help usher you, especially if you're in a most difficult time. And then, you know what I'm going to say to y'all, you know how I feel about love. Do me a favor and go be loved today, man. Love is the way go let somebody experience love. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ ministries, log on to Lakeisha M. Johnson dot com today.